Hello, and welcome, fellow lighting nerds, to The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett, and thank you again for joining me. I'm delighted to chat with you again today. Um, A few things to, a few housekeeping things I'm going to run over before I get into my topics for the week. Um, The first is, um, if you're a member of the Lighting Showroom Association, and if you're not, I really recommend that you are, (laughs) but especially for independent lighting showrooms, those of you in the reach of my voice, (laughs) Uh, please do consider joining the Lighting Showroom Association. It's an excellent organization that will um, really do a lot for your business, um, even just in terms of saving money through some of the programs and offerings that that we uh, provide to our members. And I I mentioned this because I also want to plug a uh, call we have coming up uh, for Lighting Showroom Association showroom members. We're going to have a Zoom call on... um, on St. Patrick's Day, actually, on Wednesday, March 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And the topic is all about finding and training lighting sales professionals, um, which is such a huge part of our jobs as lighting showroom owners, trying to find great lighting salespeople, trying to get them trained on everything that they need to know in order to successfully sell light fixtures. It's just not as easy as, you know, like dropping somebody into a standard retail store and say, sell the things that you see. (laughs) It's usually a lot more complicated than that. And customers have a lot of questions and it's hard to train everybody on every single question that might come across their desk. Um, And even, you know, today, customers still surprise me with questions that I've never heard of. (laughs) And I'm sure I'll keep getting surprised with those. So if you're a member of the Lighting Showroom Association, definitely register for that Zoom link. All the information can be found on our um, private Facebook page, or um, just reach out to me and I'll email the information to you. Um, And if you're not a member, please do consider joining. We'd love to have as many people as possible in the association and topics like that. Um, really benefit from having a lot of different and varied experience. And um, it's just our little way of trying to bring the networking to the showrooms year round instead of just um, for market times. But it's really important to that, uh, to the Lang Showroom Association that we are able to engage on a more regular basis um, to talk about all the things that are important to us in our industry. Speaking of, I know um the rescheduled January Lightovation, March Lightovation is uh, just a few weeks away. Um, I think two weeks from tomorrow. Yep. And uh, I have seen notice that access lighting isn't going to be attending. And I believe uh, there was another Canadian manufacturer or two that are not attending yet. Um but other than that, I am understanding that there are some showrooms to, that are going to attend. Most of the rest of the manufacturers will be open in some sort of capacity, whether it's with um, local sales reps or, you know, similar. Um, and I know we've all gotten the emails from the DMC saying that even though the state of Texas has lifted a lot of their mask restrictions, those are still going to be in place for the DMC for this March event, uh, which I certainly appreciate. I'm sure a lot of y'all do too. Um, I personally will not be there, but I do, again, I think I'm a broken record. I really look forward to uh, hopefully things working out and seeing y'all June 
22nd through the 26th at June Lightovation. Okay, so let me get into some of the things I wanted to talk about today. Um, One of the things that uh, has really been striking me this week in my showroom is this concept of meeting customers where they are. Um, And I know a lot of us as business owners, like, or just customers in the world at large, I know that we understand that thought process, but it can be a really hard thing to implement in your everyday practices in your showroom. Um, And I know I'm still trying to figure out ways to do this and do it better. One random thing that I hit on that I wanted to share with y'all that has just been sort of a game changer in terms of working with customers in the showroom. We started, um, if we're working with a customer and they put together a quote or an estimate or a wish list or whatever you call it in your showroom, a potential order, we started emailing the customer a secure link to just go ahead and pay for that order after they get home, after they quote unquote measure, (laughs) after they do whatever they need to do to feel comfortable placing the order, we go ahead and email them a secure link to pay for that order at the time that's convenient for them. Um, Me and my showroom, I'm using Square to do this. I know there's other services that do it as well. That's just the one that I had some experience with before. So we started using Square to send out these, uh, you know, payment links. And I can't tell you how many sales we are converting just by people being able to pay on their own time and their own schedule. So say they come in, they shop, they go home, they think about it that night, but you know, the, their partner doesn't get home until like 7 PM and, and my showroom hours have ended at six. So they can't call back um, to place the order. And then if you wait to the next day, things are forgotten. Anyway, if the payment link is just sitting in their email and the partner gets home at 7 PM and they review everything there, it's good. All they have to do is just hit pay now (laughs) and it's done. And I get, you know, the order confirmation, the payment's been applied and, and we take off from there in terms of the whole, uh, you know, ordering process, but it's just been such a revelation for us. And the amount of sales that we're closing at a much higher rate than we were, if we were just kind of waiting for people to call back or waiting to the next business day to call them back. And then maybe they're in a meeting and they were just unavailable when we called. It has just been working so much better. And then also because we're emailing the payment link, if they do have questions or changes, if for some reason they didn't get the salesperson's card or email address, they can just reply to that email link and get a hold of me personally, and I can either forward it to the salesperson or just answer the question, you know, depending. And they can get assistance again on their schedule instead of our showroom hours. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like my business is actually open to customers 24, seven, 365. My showroom physically has certain set hours where we're staffed and the warehouse is open and we're shipping and receiving and the doors are unlocked. But in order to really be successful and drive sales in the environment that we live in, I think you really have to think of it as I am a 24-7, 365 business and any little thing I can do to help my customers feel that and help them um, know that 
you know, we're not closed when the doors are locked. We're still here. We're still working. We're still your partner. It seems to make such a big difference. Um, I know that we are somewhat limited by customers getting online in the middle of the night and checking their order status. Like, I know there's ways that I can make this happen. And some of y'all that use like Shopify or similar websites have a little bit more flexibility with that, with like online orders. But I don't have a great way as of yet to have a customer check in on their order with me at whatever time they see fit. It's something I would love to get (laughs) a better handle on. But because I know that, because it's not like, you know, pulling up your Amazon app and checking the status of your orders and seeing, okay, that shipped, that didn't ship, that's coming on Tuesday, that's coming on Friday, whatever it is. Since I can't provide that level of detail for my customers exactly in that way, I am trying to find ways around the margins where I can provide that similar feeling and similar service without being like Amazon, which clearly I am not. (laughs) And I don't really want to be, by the way. (laughs) I love what we do in our little independent lighting world, and I don't want to be that guy. So um, it's just made such a big difference. And I can see it in the amount of sales that are converted through like even just the simple uh, secure payment link. It it really is. I haven't run the exact numbers, but I think it's made our, uh, you know, conversion of, uh, we call them estimates, but it's made our conversion of estimates, like where we've done this, they almost a hundred percent pay and convert and buy the bill of goods. And I know that we're doing a lot more estimates in our system and they do not have a hundred percent close rate. So that's something that's really worked for me. I'd love to figure out other things like that, (laughs) that will also help and make it feel like, even though we are essentially a mom and pop business, I, I still want us to have this feel and presentation of being, you know, bigger, more sophisticated without losing that, that in-person small business touch for sure. You don't want that to go anywhere, but I want people to get that touch and then also, you know, feel like they have access to the information that they want when they want it on their own time, on their own schedule. I'd love it if any of y'all have any ideas of similar steps you've taken in your showroom that have made a big difference in how your customers, you know, respond or place orders. Like for me, it's been doing this secure payment link. I'm sure there's other little ideas like that, that if you could put them all together, creates an even better experience for the customer. Again, I really think it's all about meeting the customer where they are and on their time frame. That's going to make them so comfortable to do business with us. It's going to make them way more likely to hit the buy now button to say, okay, I want to buy it through you. I don't want to try to price shop this all over the internet and find, you know, a 5% off coupon somewhere else. Um, that just, uh, quote unquote, easy button to work with a local independent business. I think it is such a valuable asset 
to getting customers uh, to convert their sales to 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 just finish everything up. So um, again, I would really love to hear any of y'all's thoughts on little things like that that have been successful for you, and I'd love to share them back out with uh, everybody within the sound of my voice here <laughs> for on a future episode. Um, the uh, other topic I kind of wanted to talk about today is a little bit about online marketing, you know, kind of related to this meeting customers where they are, online marketing, digital ads. I'm really curious and really would love some feedback from you guys in the audience on what what is working for you, what isn't working for you. And I'll just start with a little background on what I do. I have in the past, I would say it's the past three to four years, I basically stopped any kind of advertisement unless it's digital social media based. So um, obviously my website is a big, (laughs) it's a big old ad (laughs) for my showroom. But past that, I don't, um, I don't do any magazine advertisements. I don't do any radio ads. I don't do any TV ads. I don't do any billboards. I don't do anything in newspapers, all things that we, I have done in the past, um, you know, often on direct mailers. I, I used to do some of that. I would test different things out, but now I don't do any of it. <laughs> and the only thing I'm doing is social media marketing and promoting and sponsoring posts on um, on social media, primarily Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram is really my go-to on this. Um, I just find for what we do and what we sell, Instagram is such a great platform because it's so visual and you can have a really cute, quick caption, or you can have a longer, more detailed caption. Uh, Facebook can also work well. It f- Facebook, well, I guess Facebook and Instagram are both kind of hit or miss depending on how you maybe deal with the algorithm that's, you know, what audience you selected and everything. Um, so they can both be a little hit or miss, but, I, but Instagram has been my favorite and my go-to. Um, and I'm really kind of interested to find out if other showrooms have made a similar pivot in their marketing dollars, or are a lot of y'all still doing the radio, TV, newspaper, magazine? Um, are, are you still doing those ads and are they working for you? And have you found that maybe you needed to tweak your, your messaging in those to make them more resident resonant with customers and impactful. Um, I'm really curious to hear about that. But uh, I know for me, doing the change to the social media marketing primarily has been, it's been, I wouldn't call it the most wildly successful thing I've done, but it has been pretty successful. Um, Our Instagram community has grown I think four years ago, I'll go back and pull the numbers because I'm going to talk about this topic again in the future. Um, But I think like three, four years ago, I had like 400 followers for the showroom on Facebook. And now we're at 2,400. And are all of those real live human beings? Probably not. (laughs) But uh, a good number of them are and a good number of them live in my market area. I really do try to tailor my ads and my 
um, boosting and ad- paid advertisements to to my market area. That doesn't 100% work out. I'm sure some of y'all, just by virtue of being in the lighting industry, have seen sponsored uh, pace lighting advertisements on your Instagram feed. It's gonna, It will happen from time to time, but I really do try to be careful. But I have really seen our engagement grow, and I feel like the return on the investment uh, – Instagram ads and Facebook ads, depending on, you know, the size of your audience and how long you're going to run them for, you know, you pick how many dollars per day you want to spend. So they can be pretty cost effective in terms of not breaking the bank (laughs) because I don't have a huge marketing budget. I'm pretty, you know, decent size showroom, but pretty small. And uh, it's just not something we can invest a ton of capital into. So Um, It does seem kind of hit that point where I can do marketing, I can reach the audience that I want to reach and need to reach without spending a ton of money. Um, So that's been really, really beneficial to us. And I, I have found, and I know this is probably pretty, you know, well said out in the social media marketing community, um, but regular consistent posting on topics with genuine content, um, those seem to like doing that repeated seems to have the best long-term impact in boosting our engagement. So I do post, uh, I don't post to Facebook for the store every day. That's pretty hit or miss, but I do post Instagram for the showroom every day, every single day. Um, and it seems to be making a really big impact in just our organic reach and interactions with the page. There are some showrooms out there who have so many, like tens of thousands of followers, <laughs> and I'm so jealous of them. <laughs> but if you look at their content, it is really great. It is really well done. It is thoughtful. They are still independent lighting showrooms, but they are putting together great content that is fun to watch, even if you're not in the lighting industry, fun to read, fun to look at the pictures. Um, They're so inspirational in terms of like design goals and things like that. Um, I can absolutely see why the audiences are so large for those showrooms. And so I'm just trying to do my best to take their good idea and copy it. (laughs) So it's been really successful to me. For me, okay, not maybe not really successful is overstating a bit. It has been successful, and I see that after continued practice with it, it is gaining ground, especially the daily posts of real content to Instagram. Um, in my own words, not just reposting, giving thoughts. Um, it, it definitely seems to be making a difference. Um, so if you <laughs> have any interest, follow me at Pace Lighting. And let me know what your thoughts are on our Instagram. Um, I have also noticed and have put this out there in the Lighting Showroom Association before that it is super helpful, even if we just like comment and react to other showrooms that are putting content up there. Um, I know, of course, you have to, you know, 
asterisk here. I'm sure you'd want to do this with a non-competing lighting showroom, but um, those non-competing lighting showrooms that are part of your industry network, anytime that you can like or comment on their social media content, it is such a huge benefit to them. And if we can all kind of reciprocate that behavior, it'll help elevate all of us as independent lighting showrooms um, to to help with the algorithms, essentially. (laughs) Now, the algorithms might change. This might, you know, not be true in 60 minutes after I put this podcast up. But in theory, (laughs) at this moment, (laughs) the more engagement we have and the more comments you get, um, the more your post is going to get shown to the audience that you want it to be seen by. Um, and that's really important for all of us. So um, I'd really love to hear everyone's thoughts on that too and your marketing strategies, what's working, what isn't working. What are you planning on doing for the rest of this year? I know for sure a lot of us pivoted our marketing strategies in 2020. And what did you see that paid off and what didn't pay off? And I'm just uh, really dying to hear and uh, would love to be able to share it with the audience um, of what, what has been successful and what hasn't been. So here we are at the end of another episode of The Light Files. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to find me on social media at Lisa Lights Life. And I look forward to getting your feedback and talking to y'all again next week. Take care.